Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As the game gets underway here at the Abbey Stadium, Cambridge uh, immediately going down the Charlton left. Stands on the ball now, and trying to find Blackett Taylor. He's got Morgan inside of him now. Blackett Taylor still on the outside now. Will receive it from Morgan. Space for Blackett Taylor into the penalty area. He goes, gets back in on his right foot, gets a shot deflected, and it's in. A deflected shot by Blackett Taylor has found its way into the bottom corner of the net. See who the deflection came off. Morgan released Blackett Taylor on the left hand side. Blackett Taylor cut inside. They might have come off Warman. Yeah. Charlton have the goal. They have the lead. With 28 minutes gone in this second half. Yeah, very difficult to tell actually who that did come off. But the young fullback Bennett goes in to make an interception when he shouldn't, and he leaves that right back spot wide open for Blackett Taylor to be able to do what he likes with actually he can drive outside he can drive inside he eventually comes inside on that right foot and I'm not even sure that shot's threatening the goal it's it's going sideways and it, it seems to hit Warman and deflect it even be Nocadina actually yeah I, I, I think it's Warman but yeah. this shot's going nowhere near the target I don't think so we've, we've, we've had a, a, a massive yeah, deal of fortune there in terms of how it's hit their player and gone in the back of the net but that, like I said the, the, this game should never be nil-nil that's going to be picked off by Clare. His head, uh, header goes straight to Hulan. Well robbed by Bamwoke. The shot comes in, deflected again, and it's another goal. Charlton have got a second. It's another second fortunate deflection that takes it away from Mannion. And the Addicts now have a two-goal cushion. It was... I'm just wondering, Tal, if this is Washington, because they're claiming for offside. Oh, it did hit Washington. And, and I think he's offside. So... It's, a, it's not just a huge slice of fortune on deflection. I think VAR would chalk that one off, but luckily we don't have it and we're 2 0 up. <laughs> it was Washington, it was a unique shot. Great work in the first place to win the ball back for Charlton. Washington, when he, uh, sorry, Anike, when he was released, got the shot away as a header in by who kept the run going and won the ball back for the Alex and Eco shot yeah it's yeah. come off Washington offside and we can't see down the line you're never going to get it you know there's no way they can pick that up in real time but it's 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 certainly offside I'm not even sure it was a particularly crisp shot but the deflection does for the for the keeper and, and we're 2 nil up and, and seemingly three points are in the bag and that uh, is time up here at the Abbey Stadium
So, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me on this week's show as we look back at the 2-0 win over Cambridge on Tuesday and of course ahead to Saturday's last home game of the season with Shrewsbury Town. First up, Mr Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm getting emotional that this uh, this season is drawing to a close. Cannot wait. Yeah, Tops Very off. exciting. Tops off. Open, open top bus to celebrate the end of the season. Uh, and joining us, uh, he'll be driving the bus, Mr. Nathan Muller. Hey, Dan Nath. Living the dream, mate. Looking forward to the end of season surge to finish 12th. Yeah, well, it's still up for grabs after Tuesday, that 12th place finish. You know. If we'd lost, if we'd lost, we would have been uh, consigned to a uh, another bottom half of League One finish. I think it would have been the third in about eight or nine years. It would have been the first in five years, but... Now we we could still be. Let's not get our hopes up too much, but we could still finish in the top half as well. So something to really get our teeth into uh, between now and the end of the season. So on this week's show, as I said, we just heard there the goals uh, from that win at Cambridge. We'll have a little discussion about that game, the performance here, Johnny Jackson's thoughts on it uh, as well. Then there's a fair bit of contract news. You may have uh, seen uh, this uh, this afternoon. We put out an interview with uh, Johnny Jackson and uh, one with uh, Connor Washington where he uh, explains that no one has been offered a new deal at all yet. Uh, we hear from Connor as well, his uh, current contract situation not being offered anything uh, as of yet. We know uh, some of the players who will be leaving now as well, Richard Corley reporting earlier uh, that we're going to lose the likes of uh, Gunter uh, and Soiree and, and Watson as well. So we'll discuss that before, uh, as always, uh, getting your messages uh, and looking ahead to the game uh, with Shrewsbury on Saturday at the Valley. So, um, Tom, 2-0 win over your... It's not quite your hometown club, but the local area where you're from. Uh, I mean, that must have put years of hurt behind you. I mean, just the fact that we're in the same division of them was, was tough enough for me because when I was growing up there, they were probably fourth tier, uh, a complete guess, maybe third tier. And obviously, for a lot of that time, we were Premier League. So... I never thought I'd see the day, particularly because up until about four or five years ago, someone I was at school with was playing for them. Um, so it's been a yeah weird old time, but on the whole, just for the game itself, it was a it wasn't a, a brilliant spectacle, I didn't think, but we got the job done with two stunning finishes, uh, clinical goals. There's a reason that we're pushing that top half of the table when we can score goals like that. Um, and ultimately, I think the only thing we can really say is again ending the season on a positive perhaps sets us up for next year I mean not if nobody gets offered a contract and they all leave but I think that's pretty much all we can look for at the moment uh, I think even Scotty Minto was pushing the can we finish in the top half narrative because that's really all we've got to look forward to now so yeah we you know we've, we've we've stood a bit of pressure I thought at times and and ultimately got the job done with those two goals so yeah it was a, a very functional win I guess but yeah hard to get motivated for a game like that I imagine yeah I mean at half time Nath I was I, I was still frustrated I, I was thinking we're, we're a bit I don't know a bit all over the place at times we were we were a little bit haphazard but then we did turn it on a bit more in the second half I mean there were chances at both ends to be fair in the first half but in the second half I felt we took a little bit more control uh, and as um as Tom mentioned, two stunning finishes. I mean, it was two ma- massive slices of luck with how the ball ended up in the back of the net. But wh- I mean, when, you, when you've got a player like Corey Blackett-Taylor, I mean, that is what they call making your own luck. He gets into those areas so often. Uh, and that goal that we saw uh, edge the addicts ahead was, it was only 17 minutes from time. I mean, it clearly went in off, uh, off Warman. The last I checked, they've, they've still given it to Blackett-Taylor because I think the uh, dubious goals panel must have been on an extended Easter holiday. But I mean, he, des- he deserves to have played a part in a goal at the very least. Yeah, I think that's a, 
you know a good assessment of it. I think the first half was just a, it was just a poor game really, like a end of season low and just littered with errors and misplaced passes, just lacking quality really. First half and um, yeah, I was just buzzing for it to finish. You know, to be honest, I just couldn't wait just to get get out, uh, wait for the final whistle and go. But yeah, I'm glad for Corey. I said on Twitter the other day, I'm actually glad for him because at the moment everything that's good out of a game is coming through him um, sometimes it can be a bit predictable um, but he's drawing players I mean their right back done a little bit of a job on him first half I thought um, he'd done quite well and as the game wore on uh, Corey got into some good spaces let, you know, he let go of the ball when he had to and obviously his pace gets him in so, so many good positions um, I was really pleased yeah it wasn't the greatest of finishes but you know what um, a goal's a goal when we look back to that time where we couldn't buy a goal um, don't know, it doesn't matter how they all go in no one it doesn't say how the goal you know was scored on the on the old stats or the history books it's just if you scored one so I still don't know how he's got that as you say but um, he'll take it for sure he might get a little goal bonus who knows mm. but yeah glad for the call yeah it, and it was and obviously again the second one um, uh, we'll talk a bit more about Connor later on because we've got a couple of clips from, from his interview I did with him, Tom. But uh, a, a striker needs one sometimes and, and he had a couple of chances throughout the game and he's had chances in the last uh, six. That was his first goal in six games and, and, he, and he gets one the way that every striker who's going a li- through a little bit of a drought probably dreams of. One just hits the back of his head and, and, and wrongfoot's the, the world's unluckiest goalkeeper. Yeah, I was about to say how many times have we spoken about our strikers just needing one off the backside or just at that little bit of luck to go in. And I think I saw his interview after the game and he was putting it down as a, a header um, because it came obviously came off his head. Um, but you're right, I think he's probably one who I would have said when he's played, and I know he's had injuries, but when he's been in the team, you always know what you're going to get from him in terms of hard work and, and all of that. But also I feel like his goal return on the whole has been pretty good. Uh, and then of late, obviously, that's it's probably the worst it's been for us in the past few weeks. And it's obviously, I, I would assume, playing on his mind and he'll have wanted to get a goal any way he could. So, yes, it was fortunate. And yes, he pretty much knew nothing about it. But ultimately, that doesn't matter. If that gives him confidence to know that he can, he's back amongst the goals, then that's really all that's important because uh, he can take that confidence into the Shrewsbury game and into the Ipswich game. Uh, and if he is rewarded with a new deal, which is something I'd like to see, then he can hopefully take that into next season. Because, as I say, up until the last couple of months, I think his goal return for us has been pretty good and pretty consistent. Um, but, yeah, struggled a little bit of late. So, yeah, I was delighted for him. Uh, as I say, another slightly fortunate one. But Anike was brave enough. I think it was him who took the shot from the edge of the area, had a go, uh, and it came off him and went in. And, uh, yeah, in the end, the result, as again, as he said, it's, you know, nobody's going to look at how it went in. They're just going to look at the fact that he scored. So, yeah, I was very pleased for him. Mm, yeah, and uh, as I said, we will talk uh, even more about Connor later on in the show because I've got my post-match interview uh, with him where uh, I do ask him about his goal return, try and sort of gauge uh, how he's feeling uh, about it. Of we probably ought to talk about our midfield a little bit, Nath, uh, especially in the first half. Like I say, that no no side really took control of the game. Uh, you know, we, we got a few let-offs, actually, I think, and, and we'll come on to Maka maybe in a little bit as well with Tom. But it, what did you make of the performances of the likes of Gilby and, and Morgan in that game? Yeah, it was a bit of a disappointing one, really. I just think, 
you know, the midfield as a whole, it's just pretty much the story of your season. I think we're so easy to play against. Um, I know, I mean, it's not for the want of trying. Obviously, Dobbo's, you know, player of the year for me and hasn't put a foot wrong really all season apart from a couple of bits early on. But I think he had okay. But even his passing was a little bit off. There was a couple of wayward passes, which happens. But, I mean, Gilby, again, is just... You just don't know which what, what Gilby you're going to get. Sometimes you get the industrious one... Um, that you know works hard, and like, he obviously worked hard again the other day. But it's just the, the control, you know, the passing, and just his movement. And I don't. It's just hard. So if you you look at the midfield, he's not really stamping his authority to say, yeah, I want to be part of this eleven next year. Um, Morgan done okay, buzzed about. Um, but I mean, defensively, I just think there were so many times in that first half where. Even though Shrewsbury, not Shrewsbury, even though um, who do we play again? Can't remember now. Cambridge, Cambridge, Cambridge. End of season lull. Nathan's yeah. on the beach already, as we've mentioned. <laughs> but like they, there were so many times they didn't create too, too, like too many clear cut. I don't think they had a shot on target. I might be wrong, but they were cutting through our midfield with like one or two passes so quickly, um, and then it's all down to Dobbo to try and win it back more or less on his own single-handedly. So disappointing, really, because. I thought at the end of the season, it's an area where we've not scored enough goals in at all. And I was expecting sort of Gilbs and Morgan was out for a bit and has come back in. And you're, you're expecting them to push on and go, yeah, I want to be, you know, hands up. I, go, I want to be part of this 11 next year. And they haven't really done it. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, if the last two games change anything. But, um, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, if I'm being honest with you. But I can't grumble. We still won. So, but yeah, disappointed. Yeah, I mean... I did say we ought to talk about how some of their chances came about and, and, and there was maybe, I'd say, two or three occasions in this game where Craig McGovray made an error again. And I hate to point it out because I was infused by his performances between sort of Accrington and Rotherham. I thought he'd improved a fair bit, but I mean, twice he gave the ball, obviously we saw what he did uh, last week against Morecambe where he gave the ball away and there was twice he gave it to Tracy, I think it was, and, and you know, he was a real pacey uh, player for, for Cambridge and, and caused us all sorts of problems. There was a fumble as well from like a long, hard, low shot. The sort of one you'd expect him to hold on to in the second half, Tom, where Jason Pierce had to sort of bail him out. It's been a real tough introductory season for Craig and you don't want to see that. You, you want to see a keeper who's feeling a bit more assured of himself and I, I just wonder if, if, if what ha- what happens now in the summer, is, is he one that we... We have to replace, improve upon. Is he one that we give another chance to and ask him to return to the form that he has showed in spells this season and, and, and obviously must have at Fratton Park when he was player of the year? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because there's been spells where he has definitely kept us in games, uh, possibly even won games for us. And then there's been spells where he just looks like a, a, just a really poor keeper and you know, you mentioned that that mistake against Morecambe, um, giving the ball away last week, and yeah, again, almost guilty of it again on on Tuesday night. And it's a really difficult one because I like him. I think he comes across quite well, as you say, player of the year last year. Um, there's clearly a good goalkeeper in there. I just don't but know if he's. We have to be ruthless, don't we? Exactly, and we're t- obviously talking about all the contract situations at the moment. We've got Maynard Brewer, who's just earning rave reviews and you know getting a lot of coverage uh, in terms of his potential and as you say if we're going to be ruthless if we are going to have a, a bit of a squad overhaul in the summer then you have to look at it and think is this the man to to get us the either the title or certainly get us promotion 
And I think probably at the moment, the answer is no, we're a little bit uncertain about him. And you just don't want a goalkeeper that's a little bit uncertain because that probably means the back four or back three are second guessing themselves as well. And it's just a bit of a, a bit of a spiral. So I like him. I think he, he has the ability. I think he makes some good saves, but I just think his inconsistency and in some of those errors might well be the, uh, spell the end for, for his time at Charlton. But, um, yeah, I guess it depends on, on how many signings we can make over the summer and where we prioritise. But, yeah, it will certainly be an interesting one. And I don't think Tuesday night's performance has, has done him any favours, at least. Hmm. Uh, so, where are we now? Five wins out of the last eight. You know, three wins out of the last four on the road. It's not it's not bad form at the moment. And we've thrown in a proper a couple of proper wobblies in there when you think about the performances uh, away at Wimbledon or, you know, the, the mistakes we made at home to Morecambe. And, and obviously we lost to, to Lincoln in that time as well. Whilst playing okay, to be fair. But again, that soft underbelly of the defence that can rear its head at times. We saw that. Well, how, how are we feeling going into the end of the season? I know we, we want it over. We want that over. And we want there to be an overhaul. But I'd say when we're looking at sort of mid-March, we were all saying, right, we need to end the season strongly to be in a position to build upon something next year. I mean, are we doing that? Five wins out of eight? It's certainly better than it was two or three months ago when, when we had those players out and we were losing five five out of seven. Or six out of seven, it was. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Are we, you know, with the performances, you know, the last few weeks, is it making me excited for next season? Not really, but yeah, I suppose it all depends on the, you know, the transfer windows and stuff. I just think the whole season's been so inconsistent. Obviously, it started rubbish. Then it sort of upturned a little bit when Jacko come in. Then when it went down again. Then we had a little bit of an uplift. Beat Rotherham. You go right, okay. Maybe, maybe we're going to put in a, a strong end and then lose and then win. And it's just, I don't know what team's going to turn up. You know, I think Tom just said in terms of Mac and in terms of his inconsistent performance. I think apart from maybe a select couple, the whole squad's really been in, not been consistent enough, really. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, the, the kit, like Jacko says it in his post match, you know, the key is now to end on a high, try and be positive for next season and try and build on it. But I think a lot of that is going to be down to the recruitment because there's obviously quite a lot of um, players to go out and in um, and come in, sorry. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know how it's going. It wouldn't surprise me if we, we lose 2 0 and then go and beat Ipswich last game of the season 3 0. Do you know, that, that's the sort of the way I'm seeing things at the moment, I just don't know which team's going to turn up. Because on our day, which we showed earlier in the season when Jacko first took over with Plymouth and the, the Rotherham home game and the Ipswich game, on our day, we can. But we're not that team enough. And that's that's why we are where we are in the league. So, yeah, I'm just hoping, hopefully we'll try and get some performances in there. Because, again, like I just said earlier, I don't know. There's not many players, if I'm looking at that squad and going, right, of next season, who do I want in that starting eleven? You what? Jaden, Dobbo, maybe Claire, like maybe Washington. Like, there's only a couple. Usually, you'd have a good eight, and then you try and just sort of get some extra additions to help the squad out. But again, we're back at square one again. We're going to have to do a massive overhaul. So, I suppose we'll just have to see how these next two games pan out. Mm. And uh, well, we'll uh, discuss contract situations uh, in a little moment in time. Uh, and uh, uh, I'll speak to Jacko about that. But also did ask Jacko just on uh, Tuesday for his thoughts on the win uh, over Cambridge. This is what he had to say. Yeah, good win, uh, good performance, professional, two scrappy goals. But uh, sometimes it's nice to score them because sometimes I feel like we've got to score the perfect goal and it's got to be set up brilliantly. And, you know, we don't take our, all the chances that we create. I think, you know, we're not, 
we're probably not ruthless enough. That's probably been one of the criticisms of us this season that we have created a lot, but but not as enough to show for it at times. So to get two scrappy ones uh, is nice, but you know, you know, they come about because we're, because of our in- attacking intent. So. Um, you know, they all count and uh, we'll take them. I was hoping they were going to find a replay that suggested Corey Blackett-Taylor's initial shot was on, on target because it would have been nice if he'd got a goal for his hard work this evening. Was it own goal then? Yeah, I mean, it looked... I haven't seen it bad, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a big deflection, but uh, again, he was a menace all night, wasn't he? And I, I thought they had a really good sort of tussle, him and, and um, Bennett at right back, uh, the young lad. I thought, I thought he, he conducted himself really well and... And Corey had to, to really be on his game to, to cause him trouble, which he did, which he'll cause anyone trouble, especially the form that he's in. So um, really pleased for him that he's, he's had that contribution. Hopefully he gets the goal because, uh, you know, his performances at the minute uh, weren't that. So is he, um, it's not the target we started off the season with, but it, w- it would be nice to get a top-half finish and that result today keeps that alive as well. Yeah, I, I just keep saying that. I want to win every game. I want to win every game that we play. Disappointing that we didn't win... Um, Last week, I thought we should have got at least something from the game. So, so that one, I mean, it hurts me when, when we don't because I know that what we're capable of uh, on our day. Um, so, yeah, can we... We won tonight professionally. I thought the lads were, were, were brilliant um, as far as their attitude and their endeavour. That's all I want to see in, in the next two games, that we go out there and we play, you know, like it really means something and like it's for something. And... Uh, We'll see what we can get from it. It's great to see Connor back on the on the score sheet again. Perhaps a, a slice of luck, but given the amount of chances he's had recently, sometimes as a, as a striker you need one like that. Well, to exactly. Go in. Again, he's deserved that because of the the work that he does for the team, the tireless runs that he makes, the chances that he creates sometimes all on his own. Um, and uh, yeah, like he's you know he's missed um, a couple of opportunities tonight, and then he gets a goal like that. So you know, it doesn't matter how they come. Uh, I'm a big believer that if you if you keep doing the right things, um, then you get your rewards, and, and that's the case in point there for Connor. For a bit of a dead rubber game, thousand fans to come out of London on a, on a Tuesday night to Cambridge, you can't can't help but be impressed by that. Fantastic, as always, as always. Um, really humbled by the support that, that that we always get. You know, like you say, it's not always been. Uh, always been uh, sort of happy travelling for, for those guys this season so uh, from to keep coming out to keep um, supporting the lads the way that they do is is outstanding you know credit to the football club uh, really pleased again on, on the back of the Rotherham one uh, the other week that we can send them not as far down the road this time but uh, with something to shout about Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
three, absolutely perfect from Albie Morgan. Picks out Stockley, who rose first and flicked it past Fisher for the opening goal. Yeah, and that is a very, very difficult ball to defend if you're a centre-half. I know you want to look at it from Stockley's point of view. He was aggressive, he got above the centre-half, he pinned him so he couldn't make a jump and attack the ball. And then, once you've done that, it's just a case of getting contact onto the, the football itself and directed towards goal. He did that, we find ourselves one in front, but a delightful delivery from Albie Morgan. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview, turning our attention to the game with Shrewsbury a bit later on, but we're, we're just looking back at the, the game with Cambridge in the week and just heard from Johnny Jackson there. Um, I asked Nath uh, just before the break, Tom, I, I guess it, he'll feel like, you know, he, he's steadied the ship a little bit in, the, in those last eight games where we've where we've won five of them. I, I, I do stand by, I think in the, in that eight, there have been some pretty poor performances to go with some, some all right ones as well, but... It, it, it is just, we're, considering it is and has been for a while now, Tom, just about getting towards the end of this season in intact, whatever you take that to mean, I, I guess Jackson has needed this little run of wins just so we can go on a slightly more stable footing into the into the summer. Yeah, that's exactly that. It's that stability. And I think Nath kind of made the point in, in his last answer that you just don't really know what sort of team are going to turn up. This is a team that, have beaten some of the best teams in this league. Uh, some of those performances good, some of them not. They've lost to some of the worst teams in this league. Some of those performances have been very good, some of them haven't. There's been games we've lost where the expected goals have been sort of three or four in our favour. There have been games we've won, like Tuesday night, where we've just been scrappy and deflected goals and won the game. It's been such a mismatch of performances, of results, that... I've seen lots of people on Twitter saying they haven't really got any affinity for this Charlton side and you know they don't really get it or don't bond with them or don't feel that love that they have for other teams and I kind of get that because you you don't really know enough about them. You've you've only really got the people that we've mentioned, you know, a lot on this show, pretty much Dobson and maybe one or two others who you could call consistent. And again as Nave said earlier in the show, even he had a few poor performances at the start of the season. So it's just been a very, very disappointing uh, to under, maybe understate it, season. Um, and a lot needs to change. And I know Thomas said a couple of months ago, he was looking at maybe five or six signings, did he say? But I think it's going to take a lot more than that because I think the whole ethos needs to change. And you're right, I think the one man that will be happy with these results is Johnny Jackson because it has stabilised it. They had that little wobble. We obviously stayed safe of relegation, which whilst not a... A huge positive is, you know, the least we could hope for. Um, but if he can end on a positive, you know, we haven't been conceding as many sloppy goals in the same way as we were. I'd still argue some of them have been, but not in the same way as we had where we were going week in, week out with that, that back three and the wing backs being an issue. So maybe they're starting to settle in the formation and, and maybe some of what he's saying is getting through. And I think I'm still in the majority when I say I think he deserves next year and a full shot at it. I know there are some people who don't think that and, that and that's totally fair enough. But I think let's see what we can do in the summer and go from there. But you're right, it stopped the rot, it settled things. And yeah, if we can end on a positive, you know, that's that's really all we can take from these final two games now. Yeah, well, well let's uh, start to look ahead to the future then, of course, uh, with the end of the season. Uh, in sight now, I wanted to know... Uh... 
from the uh, the gaffer Johnny Jackson. Uh, how things are progressing uh, in terms of planning for next year? You may have seen that Thomas Sangard is in the country now. He's uh, over for a bit of an extended uh, stay. Uh, so I asked Jacko if, uh, if Sangard being in the country means that the plans for next season are starting to ramp up. Yeah, they're ongoing, but obviously him him being over means that you know we'll get to spend uh, more time together. We'll see more of him at the training ground and. and and probably as a consequence, you'll, you'll have more of those discussions. Um, face-to-face, I think, definitely helps as well. And, you know, uh, hopefully we can progress those and, and really sort of nail down where we want to go with it, uh, the types that we want to bring in that's going to help us uh, improve on the pitch and, and move the club forward. I mean, have, have contracts started to be offered to the, the likes of the players that are going to be going out of contract that you'd like to keep at this moment in time? No, nothing's been offered out yet, but obviously, you know, that's uh, their ongoing discussions. Um, in between, I mean, that's obviously not not. I don't deal with with that side of it. You know, we we we, we talk about the ones that um, that we like, that we want to keep around the place, and uh, and then it's obviously over to the the, uh, the the people above to decide. You know how how that looks exactly, and and, and how those negotiations and, and um, discussions take place. So. Um, yeah, that, that's obviously an ongoing thing. Yeah, I mean, are the players sort of party to I mean, with, with the ones who know that you want to keep them sort of know at this time, and, and vice versa, the ones who know they're probably not going to stay on. Do they, do they know at this time, or is that something that gets discussed at the end of the well, season? Well, honestly, I don't get involved in that. I uh, it's my, <clears throat> it's my job just to work with the players, and um, I stay well out of that. I don't you know? I don't want don't want that to impact on uh, on the football side of things. So uh, I obviously I have my opinion. Uh, on it, that, that's obviously part of um, you know the the group the, the group stance between myself and, and the owners and, and the people above. But um, I don't let that feed into to my discussions with players and, and, and the football side of it because you know we just want to keep that uh, keep their focus. Whoever whoever's out of contract and whoever's playing or whatever, uh, it's my job to try and make sure that their their focus is fully on, on what's going on on the football pitch and, and not elsewhere. There we go. So that so that's Jacko, um, and, and I asked him about the contract situations, Nathan. And some interesting stuff. I mean, the, the thing I found most interesting, first of all, and we'll hear we'll hear what Connor has to say on it as well in a minute, is, is the fact that currently there's no contract offers on the table for anyone, and that does include, you know, the, the likes of players we might want to keep. So I, I'd say Connor Washington is one I definitely want to keep. Um, you know, you may or may not want to keep the likes of Ben Purrington or Piercy who's out there. We saw, you know, Richard published an interview with Piercy where he said he hasn't really been given uh, too much uh, information at the moment. He's still in very early discussions, so he's got to keep his options open. I mean, nothing, nothing's happened yet. Is that, are you surprised by that, that we haven't started to get that ball rolling yet? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, usually you'd, you'd start conversations early, but I mean, when Jacko first come in and when we we found out we weren't going up or down, he did say, you know, there were players there playing for their for their contracts and their futures, and and he's obviously kept his word to that because he's not made a decision yet. So maybe it's a good thing that maybe you know because some players might get too comfortable thinking they are just going to automatically get a contract. And another thing, we don't know what the budget is. We can easily offer a contract to the likes of Connor or Piercy, but if we've been set a budget and they and there and their representatives come in with X it might be more than we're willing to pay. So I would imagine that's probably why Thomas is over here and they're probably just going to look, speak to Jack and go, right, who do you want? Who don't you want? Get rid of those Deadwood. And um, and then, if because you know, they might have targets that might be cheaper in essence, you know, because I think next year for me is I don't want to go down the route of getting people like, you know, Gunter's a good professional, but I, you know, I'd rather 
younger players, hungrier players from even from League Two or the National League, where you know they're really hungry. Because I, th- I think that's what we want. Because otherwise, you just end up with that dead wood. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, it surprises me a little bit. But then at the same time. Um, he's, he said they've got to play for it, and it. We shouldn't be offering contracts out willy-nilly, should we? So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pre- I'd be surprised if he's not offered something, Connor, um, and maybe Piercy. But uh, who knows? Who knows what Jacko's thinking? I mean, I mean, Tom, is there any concern that we, you know, last year we were sort of behind the t- the timing of of where we felt we should have been as a transfer window as a whole so in, are you concerned that could happen again based on what we've heard about this or am I, am I getting ahead of myself there I'm surprised I don't know if I'm concerned yet but I'm surprised we haven't started to make those conversations but again with with him here now Thomas maybe they will start to move very quickly maybe behind the scenes they've had those conversations and they've said we want to offer this player this deal this player this deal Maybe he actually wants to be there to get the words on paper and get those contracts out. Uh, I don't know how much the kind of handover of club secretary has had a role and how much that role is involved, um, whether it's just the paperwork or not. But yeah, I'm not concerned yet. I, I am surprised. But yeah, I think for me, I, I think Thomas has to accept that there's a, an element of a rebuild needed in the summer because the, these players have not lived up to what we hoped for. Um and so for me, it's more a focus on who can we get in and how quickly can we do that business? Because I think that's really what sets us back. You know, I don't know when these contracts expire. It's usually around the 1st of June or something, isn't it? So we've got a bit of time with them. But with the new players, as soon as that window's open, you need to hit the ground running and bring some players in. Uh, and that's the bit really that I'm, I would be more concerned about. If we go two or three weeks into the transfer window and we haven't brought anybody new in, then I would certainly be concerned, particularly if these contracts at that point still aren't sorted. So, no, I'm not too worried yet, but um, now he's here, I think he needs to get to work and they need to move fast to secure the players they want and, as I say, to start to identify some targets and prep that ready so that when the window opens, we can bring them in as well. Yeah, I mean, Jacko was talking about how he doesn't get too involved with the, with the, the contract situation. I guess, I guess he says he provides his opinion on, on, on players. Um, again, I mean, would you expect him to be more or, or less involved in that, Nathan? Is that, are we reading too much into that? I, feel, I think now, nowadays in the modern game, I think you've got the... Well, we ain't got a, a CEO or a director of football, I don't think. Or, or is, Steve might be the director of football, head like of scouting director of football some not not exactly those terms but he's got yeah. a similar name and then obviously there's Martin Sangard who's who's very much involved in this the thing as well and then and then obviously Thomas Sangard so he has to go through the likes of Gallon and the two Sangards first yeah i think i think back in the day you probably a manager may have been a little bit more involved in terms of the numbers and stuff but nowadays as it's more football's going down the road of a sort of business sort of um road I think yeah, the managers or the coaches are just focused on the playing squad. They'll have their their opinions on who they want um, and stuff, or what sort of players or what sort of um, attributes they want to fit a system. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that Jacko won't get involved with the nitty gritty of money and contracts and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's we've all got we've got to work to a budget. I would imagine it's still going to be quite a healthy budget. Um, so yeah, I think Jacko will just go. These are the players I want, or the types of players I want. Can I have them, please? And the proof will be in the pudding, whether it's done early or late. So I think Saint God to say wanted to get it done early, and I think we all want that. But at the same time, 
we have to be realistic and understand the the, the role of agents as well. And it not, sometimes it's never that straightforward to get everything done early. I know Pally did it once, um, but you know that's in a in an ideal world, and it, it might not be as quick. Um, as we all want, I think you might see a couple of ones, but I don't think we're going to have everything done by you know by the time this you know preseason starts. Put it that way. Mm, right. Let's uh, hear what Connor Washington has to say then on the contract situation. Obviously, we all know uh, he is one of the players uh, whose contract runs out at the end of the season. I asked him on Tuesday if he's been given uh, any indications so far as to where his future lies. No, no, it's very much in the club's hands to be honest. Um, obviously, it's getting getting later in the season. I just want to finish the season strong, uh, stay fit get a couple of goals and obviously see what happens in the summer. Would you like to stay? Have you have you made your mind up on that yet? No, it's not something I've been obviously concerning myself with too much to be honest. I just want to just want to try and score as many goals and uh, do as well as I can and then obviously hopefully the club well the club will probably open discussions or not open discussions um whenever the season finishes. Would you expect it to have heard something by now? Have you been given any indication from anyone? Um, yeah, like I say I just want to get to the end of the season and um just see just see what happens. There we go, Connor. Uh, he wasn't getting drawn into my last question, was he, uh, Tom? Um, you know, I asked him if he felt surprised that he hasn't heard anything yet, and he, he you know, he didn't say either way. It was a very um, experienced answer, I'd have to say. Um, yeah, you surp- I mean, it's, it's a, it must be tough for a player who doesn't know where his future lies, and he may be thinking, well, do I have to go out and, and see what my options are now? Yeah, very non-committal on the face of it, but. As you say, I think it was a a man who's been in in the business a little while and and is experienced in giving those answers. Because, like you, I would think you know behind the scenes he probably is thinking a, a little bit about that. You know, ultimately these players, whilst they're paid well, uh, you know they're not paid enough to be able to retire at, at thirty five and, and call it a day. So they need to be thinking about that next contract because you know it's gonna it's gonna need to sustain them for a little while. So. I'm sure he's thought about it. I also think he's right in, you know, obviously fans want to hear that he's concentrating on, on getting back amongst the goals. But yeah, it, for them, it it might be a concern. I think there is an element where because we're safe, and I think this has shown in some of the performances, you know, that they can slightly relax during games. Um, so, you know, it's not like we're playing for promotion or we're fighting relegation and he's got this contract situation hanging over his head. Um, so I think he, he's perhaps able to be a little bit more relaxed to that extent and f- maybe focus on it a little bit more. But yeah, ultimately, he's going to want a decision either way. Um, um, I'm surprised he's keeping his cards close to his chest about whether he wants to stay or not. Uh, I, I don't know necessarily whether that would harm his perspective from a negotiation. Perhaps it would. Um, personally, I'd like to see him stay. I think he, he certainly offers us enough uh, and I think he's a, he's a good option for us. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a diplomatic answer from him, but I definitely think that behind the scenes and once he's away from the camera, there's probably more going on with him and his his people around him that uh, he wants to get something sorted or he's looking elsewhere and trying to get something sorted elsewhere. Mm, yeah, I mean, you just wonder if he would say if there was frustration from his end on, on that sort of thing. But, you know, like I say, you heard, you heard the answer he gave and it, and it was very, very much a straight bat. He could certainly get into the England cricket team. Uh, I don't know if Northern Ireland have a cricket team. We can get into that one as well. Um, right, uh, let's have a look. At, um, I, I did speak one one more time to Connor, actually. I did ask him about his goal return, actually, because, of course, uh, on uh, Tuesday evening, it was his first goal uh, in six games that takes him up to 11 now uh, for the season in league games. 
Um, I asked Connor uh, how pleased he was to get his first uh, in a little while on Tuesday. Yeah, it's been a bit of a drought, to be honest. Obviously, I've had lots of chances in, in these games. Um, disappointing not to score. And then one hits you on the back of the head and goes in the top corner. So that's the life of a striker, as obviously I've quoted a few times this year. And it's just nice to be getting the chances consistently throughout the season. And it's up to me to, to make sure they're going in the back of the net on a more consistent basis. You're saying to Tom as we're walking down, you see one go in like that off the back of the head. You wouldn't be surprised if you go and get a couple more before the end of the season now. Yeah, exactly. Um, probably had two or three chances that I should have done better with tonight. And then, like you say, one of those goes in. So, yeah, the aim is to get sort of two, three, four. Why not? Um, more towards the end of the season. We've got two good games and hopefully two wins as well what have you made of your, your goal return this season it's not been too disappointing you've had some good spells where, where you've got a few goals in a row but I guess strikers always want to get a couple more especially when they've had a few chances recently yeah I mean if you look at it obviously I've played since since um, since the gaffers come in obviously I played up front in a two and I think my goal ret- returns a hell of a lot better than when I was stuck out wide left to be honest in the first sort of 11-12 games of the season I think I scored one so I think as a striker I'd like to be judged off the second part of the season I think 11 in 23, 24 I don't think it's I think I should have scored more for sure but um, I think in a partnership where, where Jaden's scoring as well I think um, the goal returns relatively healthy but obviously as a striker like you say you're hungry for more and when you're getting chances um, you feel like you should be scoring more yeah, game today was, uh, was quite a tight one in the chances at both ends really but Charlton managed to find a way to win in the end and it, I mean, it's not it's not the aim we started the season with but it keeps the chances of finishing the top half which is something to aim for between now and the end of the year Yeah, it's just really disappointing to be honest the whole season um, obviously we got off to such a bad start it was always going to be almost impossible to claw that back and I think we had such a good go at it and I think the manager's been brilliant um, I think his record speaks for itself since he's come in to be honest um, and that was obviously when you lose three three big names big characters big strikers as well so um, yeah like I say it's ultimately disappointing but um, hopefully something to build on that's Connor uh, Washington once more I, I, I found that really interesting actually the way um, he, he, he wants to be judged Nathan on his uh, experiences under Jacko um, you know his goal return under Jacko so he's been playing as a as a part of a central front too isn't he under Jacko whereas he was wide left for for Nigel Atkins one in, I think, one in 10 and then he's gone from 1 in 10 to 10 in 23 I think it was when I looked up the numbers the other day um I, I mean so that 10 in 23 under Jacko one goal just shy of every two games I mean that's not a bad return is it no I don't I don't think it's a bad return at all I think if you look at his career I think there was I think even looking at all these games for Charlton I think he's one in three altogether even taking into account those um times he was playing left wing and there was a couple of other stints where he was going like one in three or one in four, um, so yeah, I think he's, he's right to say that because I think that's only a, a fair assessment, really. Because I mean, when him playing out on the left was more like a graveyard shift, really. He was doing more going backwards because we were so poor at the time than going forward. So um, I think that's that's a fair fair assessment. I think everyone can see that. You know, I know he, in recent weeks he's you know he's probably fluffed a few chances and he knows that. Um, but I agree with Tom. I think he's a good player for this level. I, you know, I'd, I'd give him a contract, but I do think we need someone else similar to him. I think we've got Chucks and and Jaden, who are big, powerful players. I, d- I do think if we if if Connor doesn't play, you notice it. Um, so I do think we need someone else. I think in, uh, in this league, you need four good strikers to a similar ilk. If that's the way we're going to play with two up top, so yeah, I think he's he, he he's fair to say that. Um, and I think everyone can tell how much how better he is playing through the middle off of someone else than playing out on the wing where he's quite ineffective because he's not really a player that's going to 
you know, take players on and cut, you know, cut, cut inside and shoot. Or, you know, he's he's a clever player and he's an industrious striker. So that's where he should be playing. Mm, lovely stuff. Right, let's have a look at some of the messages then that have come in uh, over the last few days. Reece said it was a professional performance uh, on Tuesday. That continued the trend of such a Jekyll and Hyde season. It's bizarre how we've kept 15 clean sheets but lost 20 other league games. I would defo keep Washington and Jake Forster-Kasky and maybe a couple of others uh, for backup, but an overhaul uh, is needed. Flynn Diesel says uh, it was a good performance on Tuesday. It's been a real mixed bag of a season, but five wins in our last eight uh, is uh, and improving away results uh, is a good start. Would suggest that League One is becoming a much more challenging uh, for promotion than, say, 10 years ago. But let's hope uh, we're heading in the right uh, direction. Tom says it was an OK performance on Tuesday with Corey Blackett, Taylor and Pierce the standouts for me. Uh, I'd keep Washington, uh, Purrington, Jake Foster-Kasky and get Fameo uh, on a perm as well as uh, Pierce has done recently. I can't see him being part of a promotion winning side again. Too many errors uh, for my liking. That's from Tom. Got a couple of uh, emails that have come into studio at chartonlive.co.uk as well. Uh, Phil says, uh, nice uh, to see us getting the rub of the green with a couple of deflections that normally happen at the other end. I would like to point out uh, that I think you got the wrong end of the stick when I wrote the other day that we needed a poacher. I wasn't suggesting that either Stockley or Washington weren't performing uh, but I think we would be better off playing Stockley uh, with a poacher up top, allowing Washington to roam the channels uh, as he does. Uh, we may have someone to mop up the loose balls uh, in the area. As, uh, at the moment, we create plenty of chances, but block shots, rebounds, deflections are all cleared away as we don't have anyone in the box with that instinctive poacher attitude. Let's hope for another strong performance on Saturday and for the final match at Ipswich and hopefully a finish in the top half. I do wonder if the reason that JJ is not giving youngsters a run in these dead games is that the requirement... Uh, for his contract extension is a top half finish distributed uh, around 500 flowers for the uh, fl- flyers for the club around New Eltham uh, promoting Shrewsbury at home and next sa- uh, season season tickets and got numerous positive uh, comments along the way that's from Phil cheers uh, Phil uh, Gary said I'm not sure I've heard this mentioned yet but next season starts early uh, at the end of the ju- uh, end of July rather than in August due to the World Cup in Qatar uh, this makes the transfer business done uh, getting done quickly all the more important this time uh, I think an announcement of a new signing or new contracts for key players will lift the mood uh, to the dull end uh, of the season. Enjoy the pod as ever. That's from Tony G. Yeah, that's a, a good point that the, the season does start a fair bit earlier. Again, which does uh, reiterate, as Tony said, that we do we do want to get this contract and these signings sorted as early as possible because uh, we, we, we don't want to be playing catch-up again. Right, McSquared uh, says a very scrappy game indeed. A plethora of errors uh, from both sides on Tuesday. But Washington was back in the starting lineup, and surprise, surprise, we won. Yes, both goals were the result of wicked deflections, but we did more than enough to deserve the win based on the number of shots we had on target. Our midfield were guilty of uh, conceding possession far too often again. But fortunately, Cambridge had insufficient quality to take advantage. Our defence looked rather vulnerable again at times, particularly in the first half. Uh, but at least we managed to keep a clean sheet on this occasion. Once again, Blackett-Taylor was by far our best player. was a menace to the Cambridge defence all game. I would say Blackett-Taylor, Washington, uh, assuming he stays. Uh, Stockley and Dobson have all proved their worth and deserve to be part of our promotion push next season. With a Nikkei at least worthy as a role uh, as super sub. Uh, hopefully, Pierce will stay around as a player. Coach Foster Kasky will be fit enough to play a pivotal role in midfield. Claire has proved himself to be a useful squad player, at least. Uh, as far as the rest of the squad are concerned, the jury is well and truly out, and clearly wholesale changes are needed if we are going to have a realistic chance of reaching the championship, as things stand. Uh, we are a million miles off that, unfortunately. Yeah, you're not wrong there. McSquared, as uh, the fact we're conversing about trying to finish in the top half uh, goes on to suggest. Right, we've got one more email as well. Uh, now, this is from a, a former Charlton Live member from... 
Um, I'm going to say about 10 years ago, Matt Frickers, any of you who've been listening to the show for uh, longer than some of us have been on it will remember Matt. He was on it before I, even I was back in the day. But um, I think we maybe overlapped just a little bit. But Matt was a, a, a very valued member of the Charlton Live team a little while ago. And he says uh, he's loving the incarnation, the current incarnation of the podcast. Uh, having sat through the shower of manure after shower of manure this season whilst listening to your excellent show, I started thinking about next season. Long email ahead, so please skim. Uh, if you want to, but no, I'm going to go into it because he's really uh, done his homework on this. He said, um, 10 years ago, uh, I got pilloried on uh, Charlton Live for writing this blog on the News Shopper website uh, where he's talking about Chris Powell's football beginning to take hold at Charlton, even though, of course, you'll remember 10 years ago, we were sort of going through the back of a very, di- well, 11 years ago, we we're going through the back of a, a very difficult ending uh, to the season. Uh, he says the uh, Charlton Live forum on that. Uh, where I was cancelled before it was cool uh, it is uh, charmingly funny to read a, deck on, a decade on as my belief that power would come good was heavily disputed uh, and uh, I guess you can imagine that there's plenty of uh, similar comments um, around Jacko this time so the Matt goes on to go uh, to say uh, 11 years ago I felt that Powell had a style of football he wanted to play and the players we had weren't good enough to ensure we could win but the right players in place we'd start to succeed and then Matt says the problem I currently have is that I don't think we're in the same place with Johnny Jackson at all he has the style of football which is a 3-5-2 uh, with wing backs running down the wings and getting the ball into the box he does not have the players to play in that style of football uh, if the style is not working in a game we see him unable to keep challenging for three points when Powell uh, regu- uh, played 4-4-2. We'd seem to uh, switch it being more attacking, defensive and a cohesive uh, team depending on how the game was going with every single player giving their all the whole time. At the moment, I feel we're slightly more positive version of Adkins ball where we have a plan, but if it doesn't work, we're hoping not to lose again. Uh, it says he sees uh, the Morecambe game as the perfect example. I hope that a summer of 20-plus player changes will see Jacko come good, but I don't feel like this will happen or he will have the chance to have it happen. Beside foolish hope, uh, what do you guys and the, the panel feel Sangar, Jackson and co. can realistically do to ensure that next season isn't also a massive disappointment? I would expect TS uh, to be demanding a pizza and league double as that is what I'd want if I were the owner. Thanks again for an incredible show. Hope you and your loved ones are well. Yeah, we're all we're all good, Matt. Thanks, uh, thanks for getting in touch. I mean, I mean, loads of points in there, Tom. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the comparisons to the first half a season under Powell, where it was pretty bad, actually, if we remember, um, and obviously where we have been with Jacker. I mean, Matt felt at that point he saw a way a, a way to sort of bounce back, and he doesn't this year. Your, your views on that? Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I think. We've tried, I think, to be relatively careful about direct comparisons because of just how amazing that following season was and how much of a one-off it was. But you've got a club legend coming back in, first proper stint in management. Uh, I think a lot of the crossover is similar. I think Powell won his first four games in a row, did he, before he started yeah, on that four, run? and then I think we went about 13 without a win, if I remember. Yeah, right. and, and Jacko's done similar in terms of starting well and then sort of limping to a finish so the similarities are there and I would definitely agree with that bit the next bit obviously is just a prediction I think his it's astute to base it on what he's seen and and I I think his uh slightly more positive Adkins ball I think there is a lot of uh, merit in what he's saying I don't know if I'm just a, a dreamer but I've got a feeling that next season will be positive um uh, and I like to think that Jacko can do something here. As I say, whether that's just that I you know, want it to happen as opposed to what I'm actually seeing, that might be the case. Um, but I do think he's got something. I, I do think he needs an element of flexibility or an element of 
finding a way to grind results out. And I'm not sure we entirely have that yet, but maybe he can get that in in that season. Uh, sorry, in next season. Uh, you know, I don't know whether Powell necessarily had that at the end of the first season, but it was something he then developed once he had a full campaign and once he had those players. So I think it's um, it's perhaps a bit easier to predict that now, but I wonder whether actually we need to wait and see a few games next year if he's got the players that he wants. At that point, if if we still feel the same or if Matt still feels the same, then, then totally a, a point well made. But I just wonder if we need to wait and see what he can do with, with the squad that he wants in the same way we did with, with Pauli. Mm, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating summer. And, uh, well, let's just hope that we do start off well next season. But as, as we've said, whatever happens in this transfer window will play a massive a massive bearing on that. Right, we have got our final home game uh, of the season to look ahead to. Johnny Jackson was asked to look ahead to that match today during his press day. He was asked what his message was to the supporters ahead of the last game at the Valley uh, this season. Yeah, I mean, like I always say, just want to thank everyone for their support throughout the season. Obviously, it's not gone the way that we wanted, but um, that's certainly uh, through no lack of effort from the supporters, the way they followed us, uh, obviously at home in numbers, but but certainly up and down the country as well with some of the the journeys that they've had to make, uh, the numbers that they've come in and uh, the support that they've brought. And obviously, it hasn't always gone. We haven't always sent them away uh, happy either yeah yeah they still turn up week in week out to support us and uh just want to thank them for that it really does help and uh yeah obviously next season we want to try and give them more to shout about shrewsbury up on saturday their place last minute winner in a in a game we could have won it's a familiar story i suppose and that was your first league defeat as manager i think um so uh, you own one a bit do you yeah 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 um Again, looking back on that game, disappointed to lose it. Certainly felt we was in the ascendancy in it and should have should have won. Um, but at least get a draw out of the game, and then we had that sucker punch late on, which was which was tough to take. So, yeah, well, I put that one right. Definitely um, tough game. Team in good form, decent form, and they, they got some good players that, that and they carry threats over the pitch. So, um, won't be easy. Uh, we need to be up against it. Um, Get, get right up against them and obviously we'll be doing that in our you know our last home game obviously we want to put in a good performance we want to try and score some goals give the give the supporters something to shout about so hopefully it'll be a good game and uh, how's the squad looking uh, is there a possibility you know we missed out on Elliot Lee and Scott Fraser because of uh, you know, couldn't make it in previous games is there a possibility they could figure in either any of the last two uh, certainly not Saturday uh, for either of those guys uh, and Ben Perrington as well missed out and in the week and he probably won't make the weekend either. But um hopefully, hopefully we could we could see those guys play some sort of part in the final game. Just lastly from me, Johnny, it's um up each day Saturday. Um fans, nearly two hundred of them are gonna walk from the training ground to the valley in support of the upbeats and trying to raise money for the upbeats. You're talking about um putting smiles on fans' faces. Um upbeats never failed to do that and so it'll be a special day Saturday regardless of it being the last time game at the Valley. You're hoping you, uh, to, to be able to get a look at uh, the Upbeats playing on the pitch on Saturday before the game? Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely pop my head out and have a look at those guys. Really enjoy enjoyed the work that, you know, that I've done with them in the past. And, uh, you know, they love playing football. They love coming to the games and supporting. And so it's great that we can give something back to those guys, the work, the work um, everyone does. 
that involved with the upbeats is is fantastic. Um, really, really proud of the work that we do as a football club with those guys, and be good to see them. All. Be good to put some smiles on faces and uh, and see them have a kick about. There you go, that's Jacko. Um, uh, uh, speaking about the, the Upbeats walk at the very end there, Nathan, very much looking forward to that as per usual. I think we're all doing it, so uh, it'd, be, it'd be good to see everyone down there and you've uh, limbering up the old hammies for that one. Oh yeah, I'll be doing me little stretches. I know that's an image for you. But uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, mate. It'd be good to, uh, I don't know how my knee's going to cope, you know, but you know, I'll get through it and uh, be good to catch up and have a nice little brisk walk before a game. Catch up with the upbeat, see who everyone involved, and it's a good cause. You know, raise some money for it, which is good, because um, obviously, the, obviously, it all goes to them or any money's raised. So yeah, it'll be a good, good day, um, and yeah, hoping that we can get round round it without my knee falling off, which would be a, a nice, a nice thing for me. Blessing in disguise, if anything. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll do a bit more on the upbeat walk on Sunday show. We'll have a little audio diary of our of our trip around. Hopefully, speak to some of the uh, celebrity guests as well, like Nathan. Um, but I mean it. Looking ahead to the game, obviously Jacko's spoken about the importance, you know, he's thanked the fans for their support, you know, it's been a disappointing campaign, spoken about the importance of ending strongly and, and no more so against a Shrewsbury side who, um, you know, have been a bit bit an old foe for us, obviously from the, from the playoff days, but they, um, they're ending the season reasonably strongly, Shrews, and, um, you know, they, they've... Um, They've got some players uh, that, that can that, that can harm you, as we found out in the away game when we got beaten. Um, it's going to be a tough test, and you know, I mean, if we are serious about finishing this top half, then that, that's something we've got to. I mean, they've, they've gone four without a win now, Shrewsbury, but they had won the three before that. You know, they've got Udo, who's been scoring goals as well. It's not going to be an easy one, uh, Tom. No, it's not, and I don't think there has been many easy ones this year. I think. Uh... There seems to be a lot of goals in a lot of their games, so uh, maybe we'll see something similar to the Morecambe game. And I think look, I've been very openly cynical uh, towards the end of this season. You know, it's been uh, it's been hard to come on here and talk about games when you know we, we've just been safe and haven't really been that fussed about what's happening. But having said all of that, I don't take chart for granted, and the last home game of the season is always a you know a good occasion. But at the same time, you're always tinged with that little bit of you know you're not going to be back there for a couple of months um so with the upbeats walk as well there's and obviously the weather if it if it stays like it is at the moment it's usually like a good sort of celebration uh, i know the season hasn't gone the way we want but you got the the feel good of the upbeats walk if we could get a result you know uh if if the sun's out if we get a few people down at the valley for you know get a good crowd it would be nice to to end the season on that because, as I say, it's been I'm, I'm not alone in kind of being very dismissive of of recent games. Um, but it would be nice to end on a high. And yeah, as you say, Shrewsbury no mugs. Um, I think I don't know if they're mathematically safe now. Uh, maybe not quite, or maybe just. Um, but you know, I don't think they'll be going down either way. Um, so it'll be another bit of a, a mid-table clash, similar to the Cambridge United one. Uh, and as you say, all we can really push for is that top half of the table and ending the season on a high. So, uh, yeah, I haven't enjoyed a lot of the games recently, but I am looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, they've got an 11-point cushion and there's three games left for Fleetwood. So they are just about safe by, by at least two points, depending on how that that, that those games go. Um, I mean, there was a good thread on, on the forum this week, Nath, and I'll ask your opinion. I mean, traditionally, at the end of the season, they they tend to have a lap of... I don't think you could call it honour most seasons, and certainly not this one. Are you going to be hanging about to cheer the boys off? 
Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd probably, you know, it depends really on the result. If I'm fuming, then I'll probably just go straight to the pub, to be honest. But <laughs> do you know what? Like, I'd give, I'd, if they if they just, if the game finishes and they just do a little bit of a walk around and then clap them off, yeah. But I think if they go in the tunnel and then get, you know, the whole families and start playing football, I don't think there's many people going to be there, you know. I think look, it's been a disappointing season and they know that. They'll, I, I think they should just go around, give it thank you. Thank you very much. Hopefully, next year's better, so, and some of them will be saying goodbye. But um, yeah, I, 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 if if it go, if, if, if we don't get pumped, then yeah, I'll probably stay there and give yeah. them a clap. But I'm not going to be like not if they asking go in the for tunnel. one of their shirts or anything yeah. like that. That would be classic if they do. <laughs> surely they won't go into the tunnel and go and get the kids. Surely it will be as soon as the full time whistle goes. Because if they go into the tunnel and go and get the kids and that, by the time they come out, they'll just be just be the groundsman just doing the forking on the pitch. They'll be like, oh. They'll be weaving in and out of the lawnmowers and that'll be it, really. So, yeah, timing issue is important on uh, on Saturday if they do choose to do a lap of appreciation for the support is what I think they should call it. Right, um, we've come to the end uh, of uh, this week's Charlton Live Big Match Preview, our penultimate Big Match Preview of the season. Also, Tom, likely to be your sh- last show because you're going off to get married. Um, so, good luck for that and, and uh, the commiserations. Thank you very much. Nice. Uh, we're uh, we will uh, see you uh, at your wedding in the evening after Ipswich. So uh, again, if we've lost, then I don't know if we're going to hang around. Really, are we, Nof? Well, to be fair, well, I got the I got an email from Tom today saying that I've had to um, be the vicar, so I'll be there all day. <laughs> Oh, That's excellent. gonna be an experience, isn't it? Yeah, well, I've good luck, Tom. Really, are scraping the barrel. <laughs> that that, 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 that vicar policy feels a lot like our transfer policy in the summer, where we just got what we could take. But there we go. Right. So, thanks to uh, to everyone. Thanks to Tom for your contributions uh, throughout the season. Hopefully, we're going to hear from Nate before the end of the season. So, I won't thank him uh, too voraciously uh, just yet. Um, but thanks for this evening, Tom. Cheers, mate. Thanks for this evening, Nathan. Cheers, boys. Good to speak to the pair of you. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again on Sunday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.